Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 Jackson. Yes. Woo. God bless America. I am fired up for today's radio show. Welcome into Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Uh, Tim McKernan, Mr. Hockey, Action Jackson with you. Chris Kerber going to be with us in about 13 minutes. Can't wait to hear from him. Dan McLaughlin going to be with us at 1045. Let's get into it right away and talk it over with the fine people about the festivities last night in Denver, Colorado. How do you do an all-timer for the St. Louis Blues in the comeback victory? 3-0 in the second period, then 3-1, and then they tie it up. And then Nathan McKinnon with one of the finest goals I have seen, even in the moment, as despondent as I was, I could appreciate the play from McKinnon, and then the Blues tie it up again. And we head to overtime, and that's where Tyler Bozak works his magic. Jackson, do you have the calls of the uh, the glorious game winner? Just give me one moment. I'll pull them right up. I would. L- I still haven't heard Kerbers, who's going to join us in a few minutes, and I don't know if that's in the system. I, the Colorado call also is something I think people would like to hear as well. Uh, you heard the call on TNT, the call from Chris Kerber on 101 ESPN, and the call from the uh, Avalanche broadcaster, where uh, it, was, uh, it was very brief is the way I would describe the call. What do you have, Jackson? I got the uh, avalanche call right here. All right. Here we go. It was Tyler Bozak. They got an assist on the Pat Maroon goal two, three years ago. He scores! Tyler Bozak in overtime! You can bring out the Zamboni! The St. Louis Blues are coming home, and they're bringing the avalanche with them. Bozak wins it for the Blues, 5-4, 3-38 into overtime. Oh, what a call. It's my first time here. That's Curb's call. I'm sorry, I messed up that day. Well, I mean, I'm aware of that. I understand you misspoke. But that, that, uh, I mean, he set it up perfectly. It's Bozak who got the assist on Maroons going overtime, and then Bozak with the win. And then to execute it like that, Curb's so damn good, man. He's so damn good. Yeah. He really is. Outstanding. What a call. Uh, Kerber's going to join us here in 10 minutes coming up for Engineer Design Facilities Blues Playoff Report. All right, what other call do you have here? The Avalanche one is amusing. Yeah, I'm still uh, – hold on, just give me one moment. I'm still working. All right, I, I, I'll, 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 don't, don't worry. I got plenty of things to say, and we only have an hour to say them. So so here's, here's something I want to make. I got so much, I'm going to try to formulate it. First off, 
no matter what happens tomorrow night, Sunday, which I would imagine would be Sunday night. I would imagine they would make that a Sunday night game because there won't be, no matter what, even if the Oilers and Flames are still going and the Rangers and Hurricanes are still going, those will be on uh, Saturday and on Monday if they were to keep going. Point being, the Blues and Avalanche would be the only game. I would think that they would put a game seven uh, in prime time. No matter what happens, I think it is imperative. And I think I can speak for every Blues fan on this. And I think most of you will agree. Even though I know our emotions will be leveraged tomorrow night and our emotions will be leveraged on Sunday if it gets to Sunday. That what this team did down 3-0 in that building against that team, which I know might be an unpopular statement, is an incredible team. And then down 3-1 in the third period. And then after battling back to tie it. And then you have just really minutes later one of the most incredible goals I have seen to seemingly win a playoff series. I'm a Maroons goal, for example. Well, hell, both this past Sunday and then also against the Stars. They were great, but they weren't, you know, they weren't necessarily pretty. McKinnon's goal was, even though St. Louisans were on the receiving end of it, it was incredible. To then come back from that. And then you go to overtime, so the momentum theoretically could be halted. And then it's Tyler Bozak, who had only had seven minutes of ice time, to do that. And to do that also, keep in mind, without Tory Krug now for a few weeks and without Jordan Bennington, who at the time had a 950 save percentage when he was, whether it was intentional or not, knocked out of the series by now suddenly hero Nazem Kadri, to do that on the road is the typification of the word resilience. And no matter what happens tomorrow night and no matter what happens should it get to a Game 7, that cannot be taken away from the 2021-2022 St. Louis Blues. It can't be. And I think that what can wind up happening is if they are to lose tomorrow night or if they are to lose on Sunday, that it kind of becomes a footnote. But what took place last night is an all-timer. Even if they lose tomorrow night, even if they lose Sunday, it certainly doesn't carry as much weight if they lose tomorrow night or lose Sunday, but it doesn't take away from the resilience. From my standpoint, the resilience was already defined by how they responded to the Minnesota Wild in game four in St. Louis. Thought it was over then, as I've said a hundred times, thought it was over then. And then they come out and they have that performance, which I think absolutely psychologically decimated a very good team. I don't know if Minnesota's a better team than the Blues, um, lining up roster to roster, but a very good team, not some pushover in the first round. And the Blues rattled off three straight from them. Well, here we are again. Now, this time we've got an incredible hockey team. And this time we've got a team that already was carrying the psychological burden of coming up short, specifically because now their hero, who they were kind of ready to ship out of town, just like they did in Toronto, but that's that's the gaslighting process of Nazim Kadri's uh, career because of a few bigots on Twitter that have turned him into a hero, that that now, now you have a team that's going, oh my God, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. You have that happen. It's in your head. Now, that doesn't mean it will carry over to tomorrow night. 
But I'm telling you right now with certainty that it is in their head. I know it's in the fans' head. I know it's in the fans' heads. I mean, they came out and they absolutely worked the Vegas Golden Knights in game one last year. And then they got shipped. And then Nathan McKinnon, as they highlighted on the TNT broadcast over and over again. I've been in the league nine years, and I haven't done S. Well, Nathan McKinnon, to his credit, looked like he was just going to put that team on his shoulders last night and carry him into the Western Conference Finals. It looked like he was going to have a hat trick alone in the first period. Well, he gets it in the third period with what looked like was the series-winning goal, and the Blues respond again. That can't help but be in your heads. If you are a Blues fan from the 1980s and 1990s, how many times do you hear, oh, they just can't get past the second round? Because with the exception of 1986, they just couldn't get past the second round. So if you hear it all the time and then you blow a 3-0 series lead at home, wow, that can't help but get in your head. By the way, also another thing I want to make sure to say, because he was not good when he came in for Bennington in game three. He was flat out bad in game four. And you can look at a goal last night, I think, and go, yeah, Billy Huso should have had that one. But that game for real could have been six or seven goals for the Avalanche and Billy Huso absolutely played his ass off in keeping that thing manageable. Now, I will tell you this for full transparency. I didn't think it mattered. I didn't think it mattered when Tarasenko scored. I thought it was nice that he scored, kind of like at the end of the Shark Series in 2016, not 2019, where I'm like, oh, he hadn't done too much. Uh, So now he's got a goal. Here as the series winds down. That's nice. It'll be a fun cosmetic footnote. And then all of a sudden they get going. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Pareko who was standing right next to him and he skated over. And I looked at the look on his face and I thought, man, these guys aren't these guys aren't just like, okay, we're just going to get a goal and try and keep it respectable. They were still they were still fighting it, man. And I'm telling you, it would have been really easy. And maybe some teams in the past would have done this to go. It's three nothing. You know, let's start working on our wedges. Let's start working on our putting and then we'll get back out there in September. Not this group. Same group that could have been shut down after Krug was hurt, Letty was hurt, Scandella was hurt. They responded against the Wild. Same group that could have shut it down after Bennington got hurt. This group responded and down 3 nothing, and then down 4-3 with two and a half minutes left. This group responded. So you cannot ever take that away. They may lose 5 nothing tomorrow night. I'd be very surprised, but they may lose 5 nothing tomorrow night. You can't take away the resilience of the 2021-2022 St. Louis Blues because they've shown it so many damn times, and last night was just another example, except it's one of the greatest of all time. Secondarily, in addition to that, we have seen it before. Now, we've seen it carry over. David Freeze, Game 6, 2011, and then what wound up happening I think you can use the example of the hand pass and how the Blues responded to that, and then they just rattled off three straight to the point that the Sharks were just done by the time Game 6 was here in 2019, that the momentum carried over. But in 2005, after Albert Pujols hit the home run off of Brad Lidge, I think, and I can speak for myself, I was in Houston for that. Of course, I left the building in the eighth inning because I'm a child and I didn't want to see the Astros fans cheer, that... We came back to St. Louis thinking the Cardinals would win the next two. And then Roy Oswald comes out there, and it's all she wrote for Bush Stadium 2 and the 2005 Cardinals. So it can all turn on a dime. But with regards to a team's resilience, the word I'm going to keep using, that was an absolute display last night from the Blues. And I'm very curious 
how a team that already carries the psychological burden of being underachievers from past postseasons, how they will respond to blowing it. You don't even have to look back to the Colorado Avalanche of past years to see an example of blowing leads when you're on the verge of clinching. Just look at the first round and the Rangers and the Penguins. And yeah, Crosby got hurt, but they were up two goals. They were up two goals. They were up one goal against the Rangers in games five, six, and seven when they were up 3-1 in the series and they lost all three. And now the Rangers are in a 2-2 series with the Hurricanes. There is something to be said for the psychological impact of it. We've seen examples of it carrying over and we've seen examples of it like with 2005 with the Cardinals and the Astros, how it doesn't. But no matter what, what the Blues did there, when I think a lot of teams would have just gone, okay, let's just try and keep it respectable, you have to tip your cap and admire what that group did last night. And also, just this is personal, really, but I'm sure some of it will resonate with a lot of you, this whole narrative you know, of what has transpired here. Take your pick of St. Louis Blues fans or racists or this is bigoted or because, you know, a few hilljacks on Twitter are sending DMs that are absolutely racist, but it doesn't mean the whole city or fan base is. And then Craig Berube's issuing a statement before the, the, the pregame uh, media session. I just, I loved seeing and knowing, because I know the business, knowing that there were going to be these idealistic columns written about good over evil and the bigoted St. Louis Blues fans. They got what they had coming to them. And all those had to get torn up when Tyler Bozak in his seven minutes of ice time scored that goal in overtime. And they had to go scrambling and put the pom-poms down and write that they got to go back to St. Louis and in the back of their minds go, oh my God, it might happen again. So I will always be appreciative of that. We'll take a break. Chris Kerber joins us next. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for a Blues Playoff Report. Brought to you by Engineered Design Facilities, the number one commercial fire alarm service provider in St. Louis. Welcome back. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here and on our engineer design facilities playoff report. The timing couldn't be better. The man with the call of the game winner last night in Colorado. Chris Kerber is our guest. Kerbs, good morning. Tim, good morning. How are you today? I am wonderful. I'm on a high. I, I heard your call for the first time about uh, 10 minutes ago, and it was just perfect. Just absolutely perfect. Dead serious. I mean, I mean, it's not just because you're on. I was saying it before you came on. Just absolutely perfect. Tip of the cap to you, sir. Yeah, thanks. It, it's an easy job when, when players give you that kind of an excitement, isn't it? Yeah, but you set it up nicely. You know, Bozak with the assist on the maroon goal, and then he wins it, and the excitement, and the whole call. It was just uh, perfect. Tell me, tell me what you saw out there outside of, of course, the game-winning goal, because you're seeing the whole building, and you know that place just went, with the, with the exception of the Blues fans were there, and there were some Blues fans there. That place went silent, and they had to be astonished. You know what? It, it was really quite amazing, and as great a finish as the Blues was, was I don't know that I'll ever forget the Nathan McKinnon goal because that that might be the greatest goal I've ever seen in that kind of a moment. To be yep. honest with you, I mean it was it was just that superstarish level of play. Uh, you know, <laughs> to regain the lead after surrendering a three goal lead was something. But 
the Blues are resilient. They, they just fought back. I talked to Braden Shen after the game, and he said, "We just we, we believe in ourselves. We just we don't let ourselves get too far down." He says, "I looked up, we saw the clock, we realized there there was time." He goes, "The building was going nuts. It took him a while to clean up the hats, but we knew we had some time." And you know, how about Robert Thomas coming through? So, so here's here's a few observations that I that I saw. That I, you, you some plays that that when, when you put the highlight reel together, you're just you're probably never going to see. But there was, with a few minutes left to go, a lot, Craig Berube made another line change. And, and he started going with, with Bozak and Torepchenko more. And Torepchenko mm-hmm. was fantastic. I mean, it, yeah. he helped, obviously, with, a, with one huge assist on a goal. But for a series of shifts, uh, those, those guys became the most effective guys. So Craig Berube, once, once again, showing why I think he's one of the best coaches in the league, uh, made the adjustment and kept going to him. So, I mean, here it is. You're three minutes into overtime, and those guys are on the ice. Right, I mean, so that's one thing. Uh, Justin Falk made two absolutely mammoth plays with the goaltender pulled. The Avs cleared the puck out to, to Gabriel Landeskog. Landeskog, rather than shooting for the empty net before the red line, was trying to get the red line to make sure if it went wide, there wasn't another icing call, which is what set up the previous faceoff. Justin Falk angled him and busted back, and before the red line. Check Landis Cog off that puck. Otherwise, this season is over. And yeah. and the Blues come up, and of course they get they get the game time goal. But then once they get the puck in the zone, there was a clearing attempt by Colorado, and Justin Falk was able to stop it with his skates and keep that play going. I mean, he made two absolute brilliant plays that are just high hockey IQ smart plays that allowed the Blues to, to find some heroics on the stick of Robert Thomas and Tyler Bozak. Just just phenomenal. You're, you're exactly right, and those don't show up in the box score, but when it gets down to it, they literally directly impact the outcome of the game. And I, I doubt you were watching it because you're on the broadcast, but in between the third period and the overtime on TNT, they were they were going back and forth, and if I'm not mistaken, it was Rick Tockett uh, saying how disappointed he was, uh, not disappointed emotionally, he's certainly a fan of Craig Berube's, but... Uh, disappointed from a hockey standpoint that Landeskog just didn't fire that thing on net. You know, he realizes you're taking a risk with the icing, but hey, just fire that thing on net and try and close it out. But because of Falk's play, uh, that precluded him from being in the spot to be able to put it on net with a, with a sense of comfort and, like you said, essentially end the series. You know, there's a uh, the philosophy on this. It, for me, at least when I talk to coaches and you talk to players, it has changed. I mean, I, I'd say my first, you know, 10 years or so in the league, it would drive coaches absolutely nuts. And I'm sure it still does to a degree. If in a one-goal game, a, a player just fires it from their own end. Like, we'd see we'd see Alex Petrangelo try it a lot. We'd see David Backus try it a lot. And, and shoot for that empty net. Well, if you miss it wide, it sets up an icing call. And now it's all the way back in your own end rather than potentially shaving another 20, 30 seconds off by gaining that red line and just getting it in if you miss the empty net. I think more and more teams now, and we've seen it, I think, two or three times in this postseason already, more and both successfully for the Blues and unsuccessfully, as soon as they get the puck, if they think they got a lane, they're firing at 200 feet to see if it goes in. And so I can understand where Rick Tockett's coming from, but I also understand what Gabriel Landeskog was trying to do is actually really smart hockey, that, that could have ticked off the rest of the game. And you just have to give as much as we'll give, 
you know, Nathan McKinnon credit for an amazing goal. I, I, you just got to give Justin Falk credit for never giving up on the play. Another play by a Blues defenseman that was huge, and it came just moments before Tyler Bozak's game winner was Bortuzzo, and uh, and essentially net minding. This is this is what I love so much about where what we're getting with hockey here in St. Louis is these types of things are being recognized as every bit as important as a goal. And and you're absolutely right. I, I think Robert Bortuzzo's really had a, a very strong, very good playoffs. Uh, you, you're never going to see him on the leaderboard when it comes to offense, but you are going to see him eat some of the hardest minutes on the penalty kill. And even though there was a penalty taken last night, that was only for, for his style of play, the physicality, the, the, the grinded out nature, the emotional edge that he has to play on. That was only his third minor of the playoffs. You know, so I think Robert Bortuzzo, uh, and, and I'm, it's neat to, to see that here's a guy that's been here 10 years. They got him from Pittsburgh in the Ian Cole trade. He'll tell you that, yeah, he felt some pressure, you know, after that trade, watching Ian Cole and back-to-back cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And a lot of that was relieved when the Blues got their cup in 2019. But and a guy that's really excited to have been inked to a two-year contract extension. He loves playing for this team. And, man, he will just absolutely lay it on the line like he did. That, that's another huge play, you know, of, of sacrificing your body to give yourself a chance to win. And 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 keep in mind... Here's a guy who did exactly that against Minnesota and it knocked him out for a couple of games when he took the shot to the head. Right. And here he is doing it just a couple of weeks later again, instinctually, because that's the way that they play the game. It's the way he's playing the game and it winds up most likely keeping the blue season alive. And they were able to get the puck down to the Colorado zone where Bozak wins. Tim, there was there are two regular season games for Robert Bortuzzo that I think epitomize him and, and I think will always stand out. One was a couple of years ago in Winnipeg. And on the penalty kill, Winnipeg basically just kept feeding the puck over to Patrick Laine like the Capitals do to Ovechkin or like, like the Blues or Calgary used to do to Al McInnes, right? Just give him the puck and let it rip. And he blocked five straight shots from Patrick Liney, five in a row. And I mean, even so eventually the goalie stops it. Patrick Liney skates over to Robert Bortuzzo and gives him a pat on the pads. All right. So then, and then I think it was, I think it was earlier this year where the blues were on a five on three and it was in the second period where they had the long change and he couldn't get off. He played the entire two minutes of the five-on-three, must have blocked five or six shots, and in the end was so hunched over when he got to the bench. His entire teammates kind of came over and started patting him on the back when he got over. It was an amazing display, and that's that's the heart and soul of Robert Bortuzzo and, and why he's such an important part of this hockey team. Chris Kerber, our guest here, of course, on the call for a classic last night in Denver with the Game 5 between the Blues and Avalanche in the Western Conference semifinals. Now on the call here on 101 ESPN tomorrow night for a game that is incredibly anticipated in the St. Louis area and I think probably around the NHL after what we've seen here with what's kind of becoming a series that even if you're not a Blues or Avalanche fan, you can't help but watch psychologically. I know, of course, we're not in the heads of, of both the Blues and the Avalanche, but 
You know the Blues have been there before. They have been able to, just within the last couple of weeks, rattle off three wins against a very good hockey team in winning three straight to close out the Wild in six. And on the other side of things, the Colorado Avalanche are carrying the burden of not being able to get out of the second round, dating back all the way to 2002 when they lost to the Red Wings in the Western Conference Finals, and they thought they had it last night. Hell, I would think that then when they went to the first intermission, they thought they had it, much less when they got up 3-0 in the second period and had a 3-1 lead going into the second intermission, and they sure as hell thought they had it after McKinnon's incredible goal. So, psychologically... What do you think is going on in the heads of the players? Because I know in the heads of some Avalanche fans, they're going, oh, my God, here we go again. Yeah, I don't know if they're at that point yet. I can see why they why some might be. But that's a veteran Colorado Avalanche team now, as you said. The last three years, they've made it to the second round. You know, there was a faceoff in that third period, and we were talking about Robert Thomas, and then he had made a play to the front of the net, drove the net, and Kemper made a nice save, and Robert had another one of those. Joey and I started calling them banner readers, right, where you look up to the rafters, you know, yeah. because you thought yeah. you had a play. So we call those banner readers now. But they, um, on the ensuing faceoff, is Robert Thomas against Nazem Kadri. And what hits you is the importance that the Blues are relying on Robert Thomas right now Right, who's in his fourth season in the NHL? Yeah, he did win a Stanley Cup his rookie season, but he did so, you know, in between, you know, or on a wing with Bozak and and Pat Maroon, third line, wasn't playing twenty minutes a game, wasn't getting the key offensive defensive zone faceoffs at big times of the game, like like we're seeing. And I think there would have been plenty of reason for Craig Berube to probably peel him back a little bit in these post in this postseason where where it's gone, and instead he hasn't done that. Uh, and, and he keeps putting him out there. Well, it's on this face-up that you realize he's going up against Naz and Kadri. Robert Thomas is in his fourth year in the league. Kadri's in his 11th and his, or his 12th. You're talking a seven- or eight-year difference of experience. And that's the case with, with like, a Nathan McKinnon, you know, or with a, uh, you know, with a Gabriel Landeskog going up maybe against a Jordan Cairo or, or somebody like that, right? So, I, I think Colorado, they feel it, but they know they're up by two. They know they're the best team in the West, and, and they know that experience that they can rely on. So when I listened to Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog, and I saw the Avs walking out of their hallway last night as we were waiting for our bus to leave, I still think there's a supreme confidence uh, with them. Uh, I, I thought it was telling that after the game, Jared Bednar, and I mean, much like Craig Berube, just tells it like it is. He says, Darcy yeah. Kemp is going to need to be better. You know, but... I think there's confidence. They no doubt probably thought they had that thing locked up, especially after the McKinnon goal, you know, and now, and, and this was the line we were using last night. Well, we're going home one way or another. Might as well make them come with us. And, uh, and, and that's great. So psychologically, if you're the blues, you're like, okay, we got ourselves one more game. Now we got to go out and try again. And, and if you can force a game seven, man, then, then it's a coin flip of emotion, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea how to predict what's going to happen tomorrow night. I have no idea whether it'll be a, a win for the Blues or the season moves to a game seven or it'll be the end of the season. But I do know this. I know that last night, and, and this is, this is to me, the importance of the playoffs in the front of it. Last night, the Blues could have stopped. I mean, that, 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 that play again, Falk on, on Landis Cog. One less stride, it goes in the net, your season's over. And I still think people would have applauded what was a hell of a good regular season and a good run to the second round and no shame in losing to the team that was the prohibitive Stanley Cup favorite from day one. They didn't do that, man, and they gave us one hell of a thrill. 
and one more chance to see this team perform on home ice and see what happens. And that's 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 what I love so much about this team. And now now we'll go enjoy one more game and see see how it goes. Amen, man. Well, one thing that we we know we will see tomorrow is a building that is ready to explode well before the puck drops. The anticipation and excitement around the area for the fact that there will be a game six and a game six that didn't look like it was going to uh, really throughout the night until the end. This is going to be one hell of an atmosphere. Now, we're lucky we got a chance to see some incredible atmospheres in 2019. But I think we're going to see an atmosphere that will be somewhat comparable tomorrow night for Game 6. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the best part is, Tim, it's a 7 o'clock faceoff. Isn't that? i got to tell you, I really appreciate that. I really re- thank Thank you, Patty well, Maroon, for making that happen. Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, you got to thank the Tampa Bay Lightning for eliminating the Florida Panthers. So because I don't by the way, total I don't know if you saw this stat. I saw this yesterday. I liked it on Twitter. I, I gotta go find it. Maybe re, maybe I retweeted it, but the the NHL put out a stat. So the Tampa Bay Lightning have won uh, something like uh what would it be, eight, nine, ten, like ten straight series. Ten straight okay. series, that's right. That's the math. And, all right, that, that that would be they, they've won ten straight series, and I think the record is something like twenty from the from the New York Islanders when they won their four straight Stanley right. Cups. Okay, the best part about this stat was it was like the New York Islanders, like longest streaks ever, right? New York Islanders, Pat Maroon, Montreal Canadiens, and like the Toronto Maple Leafs or whoever it was. And I started laughing because you look at it and you put that into perspective. And, yeah, with those New York Islanders, you obviously have some players. So you understand the PR fun the league is having with this. But it, but, but what, a, what a special run that it's continued to see the big rig have down there. And he, and, he, and he had another series-clinching goal. I know, just, man. Another awesome greasy little goal there to wrap things up. That's what he does. <laughs> it's, it's just, man, what an, it's such an improbable story. I, I think there's a, there's a movie to be made about Pat Mahomes. Oh, my goodness, I couldn't agree with you more because he's such a character. And on top of it, he goes from thinking that he might be done. I mean, he really did. That's why we that's why we started doing a podcast together, as a matter of fact, because he's like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to play. And then since then, the man has won two cups and he's once again in the final four with a chance to make it uh, four straight. It is. And he's just a great, great guy. So well, it, it has all the elements. Even, uh, Kurt. Yeah, just even just even the stories, you know, just the kid growing up and Coach is looking at him, saying, "Hey, you're going you're gonna to eat yourself out of a chance here, you know." And <laughs> or and, and he just he finds a way to win. I mean, the, the guy won. He won, you know, the national championship playing junior hockey with with Chasers team and and, and Jeff Brown and or, I'm sorry, Cooper and and those guys, which was amazing. And then, um, but there's but there's one guy in that story, and you, to, to talk to him about, um, and I haven't talked to him enough about this on, on the air, but uh, Bruce Boudreaux really had some faith in him when when he brought him up through Anaheim after mm-hmm. Philadelphia never really gave him a chance. And that's that's really what kind of got things going for him. But I, I think it's a great story. But again, you can thank the Tampa Bay Lightning for sweeping the Florida Panthers uh, you know, out out of the playoffs for a seven o'clock start tomorrow. 
Dead serious. I, I mean, I, I'm very serious when I that that matters a hell. Doug said it this morning on TMA. It's a good thing that that was a seven o'clock game last night because I'm sure a lot of Blues fans, and it doesn't make you a bad fan, would have gone, oh, three nothing. It's a you know ten thirty. I'm going to go to bed, and you would have missed one of the greatest comebacks in the organization's history. So, uh, yep. th- thank you yet again, Patty Maroon, and in this case, the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I understand the schedules and how it all works, and then we're kind of caught here in, in the Midwest uh, because of the timing thing, and, and that, I don't think that's ever going to really change at this point in time. So at least we know what's coming. We know what's used to it. But the good news is the further you go, the more likely yes. you are to get a better start time. Indeed, and tomorrow night for one of the more anticipated games in Blues playoff history. Of course, 2019, we had some great ones, but uh, overall, this one and the energy in the building to the start of a three-day weekend for most people on Memorial Day weekend, you couldn't ask for much more. This will be incredible. At the very least, the atmosphere you know will be incredible from a resilient, resilient Blues team. Curbs, once again, great call on last night's winner in Colorado, and we look forward to hearing you again tomorrow night, at least for one more on 101 ESPN. Always appreciate the time, man. Love it, Tim. Thank you, bud. Talk to you later. Thank you. That's Chris Kerber with us here, the Voice of the Blues on 101 ESPN, giving us his thoughts on the festivities last night and what is to come. Your thoughts are welcome. We haven't read many texts yet because I've been ranting and raving and then had a chance to talk with Chris Kerber. We'll read some of those coming up. And then Dan McLaughlin is going to join us. I know he'll have some blues thoughts. Plus the Cardinals begin what is relatively speaking for late May, an important series with the Brewers. And he'll be on the call of that. So Chris Kerber in one segment, Dan McLaughlin in another that is coming up. That's Kerber brought to you by engineer design facilities with our blues playoff report. We'll take a break. Come back with more here on 101 ESPN. Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon party. 101 ESPN. Jackson, the people miss you. Do they? They're, they're, they said, Tim, uh, hold on a second. There's a bunch of them. 65780, Air Comfort Service, text line. Uh, where is your sidekick? You guys are great together. You're you're my Andy Richter. You're my oh, Ed nice. McMahon. You're my Hank Kingsley, which would be the greatest That'd compliment be, I can give you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a know, I'm a know my role kind of guy. And uh, my role isn't necessarily to be as involved in hockey talk. It's to be involved in other things. So I know, noticed your in your Sports Center update that there was a huge shout out to St. Louis and Jason Tatum. Right. Yeah. All NBA first team, twenty four years old. St. Louis and gotta gotta give a huge shout out to him. One one that, went away from the finals. How about that? Like I I'm legitimately looking forward to assuming it's Warriors and Celtics. I'm legitimately <laughs> looking forward to that. That's awesome. Uh, uh, that might have been your best Sports Center update, Jackson. Great job, Ajax. That's what Randy Carricker calls you. Ajax. Yeah, I've heard that. That's I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Thank you. Um, you are welcome to give your thoughts. It's been all blues all the time. We only have an hour, so that's all it's going to be. Although Dan McLaughlin is going to join us coming up in the next segment, and I know we'll talk some blues with him. But the Cardinals do have an important series, and it starts tonight. Adam Wainwright on the mound against. Eric Lauer for the uh, Brewers as the Cardinals uh, get a chance to take on the team they are trailing by, if I'm not mistaken, three and a half games in the uh, three and a half games in the National League Central. Quite a little division 
Uh, it's fun that you can do this now in baseball. Before the season even starts, you can go, oh, this team won't be competing, this team won't be competing, oh, this team won't be competing. And the Pirates, Reds, and Cubs are a combined 31 games under 500 as we sit here on May 26. So it looks like they'll get together and try and set a record for most games under 500. Good for the Cardinals and Brewers. They will get to fatten up more than anybody else against those three operations. So uh, the Brewers and Cardinals, two teams competing this year, they will be uh, facing off for four. And, of course, tomorrow night at Enterprise Center. I'm trying to think... Blues-Blackhawks 2016, I'm, t- I'm trying to think of game anticipation and taking 2019 out of the mix and what it would compare to. And I'm sure uh, those of you in the listening audience, again, taking 2019 out of the mix, because 2019 you'll be able to choose from, a, a, for real, probably like six, seven, eight games. Both, uh, I mean, well, obviously game six of the Stanley Cup final, but game three and game four, game six against the Sharks, uh, game four following the hand pass. I mean, so right there, I've already rattled off five games, and that's not even getting to game seven, the Pat Maroon game. And even game five, that was a Friday night game against the Stars when the series was tied at two. And they came back home against the Jets in the first round, and they were up 2-0. So you got all these things going on, and then they wound up clinching that thing in six at home. See, I mean, So it's like there wasn't a game in that in that run where you go, oh, well, that isn't very, you know, that isn't very exciting. But as far as anticipation of the level of tomorrow night's game, um, I think you'd have to go back to 2016 and Game 7 with the Blues and Blackhawks. I think that's where I would go. If you really want to go into something with that, with what I think you're going to see, a Friday night, three-day weekend, all these all these uh, factors. Uh, somebody just texted it. If, the, if there is an echo... Um, it's because I'm doing the show from my basement still. My wife still has COVID, still not necessarily uh, 100%, really not even close to 100%, honestly. Uh, and our four-month-old has COVID. So for the purpose of uh, being precautionary, I am just doing the show from my house this week. So maybe the audio sounds a little different. Uh, Tim, what about the Avs call on that goal? I want to hear it. Uh, Jackson, were you able to pull it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it. All right, take a listen to this. Here you go. St. Louis gets their first. Devon Taves, flying pressure. Letty settles it down, sends it towards the net. Nachushkin has it stolen by Bozak. Let's it fly, they score. Bozak through the legs of Darcy Kemper, and the Blues complete the comeback. I, I legitimately I enjoy it, but I also, you know, Dan will do that. Dan's going to join us here in a couple minutes. You know, the card, like, God, who was it? I feel like there's been a couple of home runs, even one recently. Where it's like, and it's gone, and the Cardinals lose. Because if you're at home... And you're a Cardinal fan, or if you're at home and you're an Avalanche fan, that's how you feel. Well, you actually probably feel worse, but you sure don't want somebody screaming about it. Right. You know, so I totally get it. Psychologically, I get it. As a Blues fan, that is amusing. Unfortunately, if, let's say, the Avalanche win tomorrow night in overtime, I would I would think the Chris Kerber's call would be relatively similar to that. But, yes, that is fun. I enjoy the... You know, and again, 98 plus percent of the fans of Colorado Avalanche aren't involved in the crap that's gone on here with the gaslighting of Kadri's career that's taken place over the last four days and uh, his six suspensions that are no longer mentioned. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoy I just knowing what has gone on specific to the media and how all of a sudden St. Louis is painted as one thing. 
and Kadri is playing painted as another thing, and Craig Berube's painted, and you're just adding narratives of BS to hockey. And I love, love, give me it all. I love that those columns had to be scrapped because I knew they were just ready to hit send. So piss off. Oh, give me that all day long. All right, Jackson told me I had to do a quick segment, so I got to make it a quick segment. Dan McLaughlin coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of balloon party for what is one hell of a day here in St. Louis sports, May 26, 2022. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen, the great Dan McLaughlin. Morning, Dan. Tim Jackson. Great to be with you. <laughs> Great to have God, you. I like that. God, I like that. I really enjoy it. Uh, Dan, indeed, indeed. Stanley Steamers, Cronky Avalanche were thinking they were going to the Western Conference Finals. Oh, and yeah. then the Blues mounted a Sunday charge on a Wednesday night. Thoughts? It was awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That means, uh, what, game six is tomorrow night, correct? That's right. That's right. And we got the Brewers in town, correct? Yep, Adam Wainwright on the mound tonight to start the four-game series. Uh Uh-huh. That means tomorrow night, St. Louis will be buzzing. I love it. Yes, it it will. It's going to be fun. It's going to, downtown will be uh, exciting. Weekend will be here. You got game six. I mean, that place is going to go nuts with uh, the way that that game ended last night. So it's going to be fun, man. It's uh, I'll tell you what, for many, many years, when the Blues have been in the playoffs and I'm doing baseball games, i got to be honest, it's hard to focus sometimes on the baseball games. Yeah. So I got a little app, you know, I got my, my iPod, uh, iPad there, and uh, I'll flip on, you know, various sporting events that may be happening while I'm calling the game. I'll tell you the toughest one was when we were down in uh, – we were down in Mexico in 2019, I guess, with the Cardinals, and I'm doing the game, and that was a fun series. It was cool to go down there, but you know, Tim, how much I love golf, and uh, Tiger's doing his thing at the Masters on that Oh, Sunday. yeah, wow. Yeah, that was hard to watch uh, a baseball game and call a baseball game while Tiger was doing his charge at the Masters. That's probably been my toughest one. And I would think that uh, the Blues run to win the, the, the Cup when we're calling baseball games and you're trying to watch the uh, hockey game, that's a little tough. And I think tomorrow night's going to be a little tough to focus on baseball. But I'm, you know what? I'm a gamer. And I'm going to figure out how to do it. Yeah, you're going to you're going to ratchet it up, no question. We played the we played the call of the uh, Avalanche uh, broadcaster, radio announcer. Oh, when, I bet he was uh, thrilled. Yeah, he kind of he kind of paid tribute to you. Uh, I guess the Alonzo home run, but you've done this multiple times, and I like it. I like when the home play-by-play broadcaster, because because what you're doing is you are you're you're speaking to the home audience, and the home audience is despondent as well when they see a ball sailing over the wall that ends the game. So I like that. But when Goldschmidt wins it, like he did on Monday night with a grand slam, you're screaming just like people at home are. I think that's the move. Hundred percent. I mean, it's not a national game. And I'm not supposed to be 50-50. Um, I, I guess you could say, well, you, you kind of should be. But, 
you know, I'm I'm no 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 doing it for a Cardinal audience, man. Right. You know, the majority of our fans are are people watching are Cardinal fans. So I've always said I'm a fan that has access and in that seat. I grew up loving this team, so I'm right there with the fans that get excited and I get upset and down when things don't go well. I should tell you the Alonzo home run too. Um, I was sick. I wasn't feeling well, and my voice was terrible. You can probably tell I got a little cold right now. But um, anyway, it was just like the easy way to do it. Uh, Lonzo hits one out there. Mets take three or four. All right, let's get on the charter. <laughs> let's, let's, let's wrap her up. I was a big fan of that call, Dan. <laughs> let's let's head to Pittsburgh. It's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we 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 get we've gotten some requests here, and we only have uh, a couple of minutes. Uh, but uh, for uh, something that's been going on with you and uh, Fastlane host and uh, Cardinal analyst on Valley Sports Midwest, Brad Thompson. Uh, sure. There have been some noticeable pauses in the broadcast, and the theory is there is not technical issues, but maybe the cough button is being used for extended purposes, but not necessarily for coughing reasons. I've caught a couple of those as well. Would you like to comment at all? Oh, sure. I'd be happy to go on the record about that. That That's a technical difficulty. <laughs> I, I'm not laughing whatsoever. I'm not uh, trying to gather myself to be able to talk. Um, I, things behind the scenes that make me laugh. No, 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 no. no that, <laughs> I think people are just reading into it, to be quite yeah. honest with you guys. Thank you. you know, Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, and sometimes those microphones, they just get a little, you know, there's there's varmints. They, they, you know, they get in the water. Varmints. And, uh, you know, that's when I got to call my friends at Rottler. And, uh, you know, that's a great... That, Man, a when you can weave pest. in a live read on top of it. What? I mean, they're, they're a locally owned pest control company. I, they, and, you know, this is pest control season because it's hot outside. It and is. a lot of things for happen. Yeah, and varmints get in the wires. And I do think that's probably what's happening here. And I'm going to get happening. to the bottom of it because I know fans really, they're hanging on every word. And they and if we're not talking every minute, you know, we, there's, there's issues here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for addressing no it. No uh, and anything that you are particularly looking forward to here over the four games? I mean, this is these are the two teams competing in the National League Central. I made the observation that the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates are combined. I think the math I said, Jackson, is 31 or 34. Yeah. Games under 500, and we're on May 26th. The Brewers and the Cardinals. You know it's going to be them. It's you know it's only May 26th, but it is a, it is an important series. As important something can be in late May. A hundred percent. Again, I I think uh, it's going to be a fun series. Four gamers are are always interesting. I I don't think we're going to have a four game series next year with the way that the schedule is yeah. uh, going to come out. With you know when you're going to play every team next season so i think the four game series will be done but four game series can really get intense because uh you, you get hit batters or you get the 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 guy that's pitching inside then they start pitching inside you know things can carry over so it should be intense and and you're right it's the end of may and it's early but uh wayne will go in tonight I, i'm 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 really fun and the, the Brewers come in, they're a little banged up. They've got some injuries that they're dealing with right now. And their schedule, I was looking the other day, guys, I, I think I'm right about this, but they'd only played like six or seven games against teams above 500. So their schedule's going to get a little bit tougher as the summer goes along, but these are important games, the ones that you go head-to-head -head and 
look at if you would have won that game or this game. Well, the ones head-to-head with the team that uh, is chasing you or you're chasing them are always important. So I think it should be fun tonight, starting tonight with the uh, first of four. Adam Wainwright on the mound for the Cardinals. Dan will be on the call of the broadcast on Bally's Sports Midwest. Cardinals and Brewers beginning four here on Memorial Day weekend. Eric Lauer on the mound for Milwaukee. Dan, always enjoy the conversation. And really thank you for the transparency regarding the varmint situation. No no problem, guys. As you know, I, I want to be 100% uh, transparent with you and, and make sure that uh, – you know, we get it out. The, the info needs to be out to you and the you. audience, and it needs to be Thank truthful. You. So I just want to make sure that was uh, done properly. Thank you, Dan. Always enjoy it, brother. Always enjoy it as well. Have a great there. weekend. Thanks, Thank you, Dan. too. That's Dan McLaughlin with us. we got to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next. Fraction Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.